This podcast may contain conversations surrounding topics like rape, abuse, suicide, depression, anxiety, eating disorders, gender identity crisis, amongst others. This podcast is meant for people age 18 and above, so please listen with parental guidance if you are younger. If you feel that this podcast has triggered anything, please reach out to a counselor or therapist for help. Thank you. Hi, everyone. I'm Dia Surya. And I'm Dia Arun. We're two grade 8 students from Alphabet International School trying to make a change in the issue of mental health through our podcast, Let's Talk About It. Today, our guest is Erin Dhanti. Um, uh is the founder and the managing director of MHFA India, which stands for Mental Health First Aid India. She has completed her MASW and carries 18 years of experience in the development field. Uh, she has been part of the National Reform in Decentralization and Deinstitutionalization of Mental Health Systems in Albania, a WHO and Government of Albania initiative. For almost- she has been engaged with various organizations in India like UNICEF, Action Aid, Dibanian, and enriched her understanding on social issues in the country. She enjoys working on human rights, especially children. Hi, Arundanti, we're so happy to have you on our podcast. So, uh, hello to uh, both of you, um, uh, Dia Arun and Dia Surya. Thanks a lot for having me here. It's so encouraging to see two young girls championing mental health and this is uh, this gives a lot of hope that mental health problems and mental health issues will be differently spoken in generations to come. Um, so the first question is does the language behind mental health sort of victim blame? For example, the phrase committing suicide? Unfortunately, when we talk about mental health problems and mental illnesses, we maintain a very negative attitude and behavior and we use very stigmatizing words. Uh, mad, pagal, crazy, uh, psycho, ADHD, druggy. Um, all those are words actually which not uh, necessarily exp- express what the person with the mental illness is experiencing or what they are feeling. But at the same time, those are not even appropriate, the proper name of a mental illness. They come from our misconceptions, the way how we look at mental health problems as something very complicated, something scary, the myths that we carry around it. So when we use those words, those are very powerful. Uh, we express our opinion and our attitude towards it. And uh, the person that may be experiencing a mental health problem of illness understand that we are not the right person that they would like to share their problem. So uh, they tend to isolate themselves more and not reach out for support. Therefore, we are not doing uh, the right, we are not carrying the right approach and we are not supportive. Uh, And there are words as well which are even blaming people feel like it's their own responsibilities, their own fault, why they are in this, why they are experiencing mental health problems or a mental illness. So we need to be very careful when we use those words and uh, unfortunately it's quite often around used. Um, 
Um, actually, yes. about that, um, you said that sometimes these words have been used loosely. Uh, and I realize that that's, uh, that's actually very true. Like, if you think about it, sometimes if something happens that makes you feel uncomfortable, uh, people say like, oh my God, this gives me OCD. I mean, nothing can actually give you OCD unless you're like born with it. Or like, oh my God, I'm depressed. Uh, most Exactly. Often, yeah, most often they're just sad. And like, when you use the wrong terms, it just leads to a different meaning. Or like, exactly. oh yeah, this gives me anxiety. It can't. Yes. It, it can't, anyway. These are really delicate words and they have a lot of symptoms to it and people are actually experiencing it and it's a really serious topic and uh, to see people who don't know much about it, informed or not informed, uh, obviously not informed, just using this around in their normal lives is just like really uh, sad to just understand the fact that uh, people are not informed much about this topic and they don't know about it and they're just loosely using these words which is not acceptable. Um, I also wanted to know what are some other stigmas around mental health which we find apart from this? This is such a great question. We usually talk more about stigmatizing words and those are very powerful and very important as we spoke earlier. But there are other stigmatizing actions that we do and work. those are very important to realize that we need to change. One of them is let's not talk at all about mental health problems or mental illnesses. And wherever we are, being at home, being at school, being at workplaces or on social gathering, we avoid talking mental health and we avoid talking about mental illnesses. We empathize with someone who has experienced a physical illness. We, you sure know very well how supportive you are towards a friend who may have broken an arm or had an, uh, surgery or so on and how welcoming they are, uh, welcome they are when they come back to school. Uh, but we do not express the same uh, support, we do not carry the same support when a person or when a friend experiences depression or goes through anxiety and uh, therefore we avoid uh, even being close to them. So that's a huge thing. As parents, as teachers, we need to talk about mental health. We need to open conversation. We need to create the space and the forum where we talk about mental health problems and mental illness, the emotions that young people go through, that the possibility that young age can develop mental illnesses if not identified at early stages. More than 50% of adults diagnosed with a mental illness, the onset, the early signs and symptoms were developed or shown at a young age, at a young adult age, like 15, 16. So therefore, it's very important to realize as parents, as teachers, that we need to support and we need to carry the conversation about it. We need to invest in learning and understanding how mental health works, how to support our young kids to develop well and to understand their emotional and mental health and come across and approach us as adults to talk about it. If we do not talk, young kids will not come across and they will not, I mean, you will not come and talk about it at all unless you understand that, yes, I'm open about it, I'm open to talk and I'm non-judgmental in my conversation. Isn't it? Um, but uh, the lack of information sometimes not only uh, puts them in a different community or a different environment, but also increases 
uh, their mental health situation and um, correct me if I'm wrong, but also keeps them um, sort of marginalized in the community and not knowing what to do because they don't have information. And they are, like you said, they're also not able to reach out for more information. Um, what do you think uh, are some solutions towards these problems? Because they are very reoccurring and many people in the community do face this. So I just wanted to know some solutions which teenagers or their peers can do if they see something happening or they themselves can do if they feel that they are facing it. Where I'd like to speak more about actions that we all can take, and it is lovely again, I'd like to uh, repeat and highlight that it's so awesome to hear both of you concerned about mental health and creating this podcast to support your peers and to spread awareness about mental health problem. And this is a very important action. This is one way of, uh, one solution of as I said, talking about it and spreading awareness about it, using different tools and different means to reach around and make it as possible, as normal, uh, talking about mental health. So the solution is in our hands. I'm sure the podcast and other projects that you are doing around mental health will motivate many other children and as well parents and teachers to start talking about it. Isn't that great? That's a great action. So, and it's a good solution. But uh, what else we can do about it? Other action can be in, whenever we are in a conversation and we see that people talking about mental health are using stigmatizing language, we maybe can interfere in a nice, in a respectful way and correct those misunderstandings. But how do we feel confident about it? We need to learn about mental health. We need to educate ourselves about mental health. And it is fine, and there are so many courses around which can give you proper uh, understanding of mental health problems, mental illnesses, uh, the early signs and symptoms, how to approach, what to say, what not to say, how to support someone. So just go out there and learn about mental health and try to... Uh, help someone close to you, it's another action that uh, we can take. And uh, in this way, uh, I, was, uh, I mean, we, we, we need to understand that just like any other thing in life, even mental illnesses and mental health problems need to be prevented. Let's work with prevention rather than with, me, me, with illnesses. So in order to prevent the illness, whatever, whether it is physical or mental illness, we need to learn about it and we need to learn how to support people around us when they are experiencing mental health problems. So those are some of the uh, pointers which you already know, you are already doing, and um, that's what I'll put in a capsule. So talk about mental health, and this is a big call to adults, to parents and teachers. Learn about mental health, create forums about it, and as well, do not feel shy and embarrassed to approach uh, your student to approach your child uh, in providing support about mental health problems that they may be experiencing. Um, so, on that same line, uh, in not just in India but all around the world, there is a stigma surrounding mental health. It's more like seen as a disease that can spread like if you get too close you'll also become depressed um 
it's not just in India. I think it's a worldwide. It's worldwide. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. And another sort of issue is like you know kids can't be depressed because they've never felt real stress. Um, yeah, and they can't be burdened because they don't have that much uh, anxiety or that much work to accomplish. Uh, they don't have. Uh, they, their job is to only be a student, and you don't get anxiety because of that. Um, so things like that. So what is the stigma surrounding it? I just want to say, like, and it's not that this only happens to a few people. Like, um, I had a teacher who would only, you know, she would be like, "You're a student. You you can't. I don't know. You can't be depressed. I mean, I, I'm I'm not depressed, but if I was, and someone told me." or invalidated my feelings i would probably be even more upset and confused um and you know they're all educated people who are saying things like this so it just makes me wonder how deep this stigma actually is um so do you have any like thoughts on that let's be clear on some points that mental illnesses are not sticky Associating or having a friend who has recovered from mental illnesses like anxiety or depression doesn't mean that you'll experience or you'll get depressed or you'll get depression or anxiety. Not at all. Another thing is that mental health problems or illnesses are curable. It's a diagnosable illness that needs medical attention. The earlier we reach to professional health, the better and the sooner we recover and live our fulfilled life like we did before. It's very funny, dear. That makes us adults very selfish. We only think that we are carrying the words in our shoulder. But actually, uh, you as kids, as young adults as well, are growing through your own challenges, through your own emotions. This is the age of opportunity to identify, for understanding your own self, who am I, understanding how you create relationship, how you make your choices. And today's days, uh, there are a lot of challenges that you are facing. Maybe it's uh, maybe considering the peer pressure, media pressure, social media, um, and so on. It's, the life is completely different from what it was from uh, us as parents when we are at your age. However, uh, unfortunately, it's not that parents would like to be selfish or would like to ignore. They do understand that you are going through your own emotions and through your own challenges. Unfortunately, it's about the conversation that we spoke earlier about mental health. Parents as well are not educated when they're young age uh, from their own parents to talk about mental health are not exposed and maybe they don't know how to carry that conversation. Uh, the fear and the stigma that they have about and misconception about mental health becomes a barrier uh, in accepting as parents that my child may be experiencing a mental illness. It's like too big. It's like nobody should know and we should not talk about it because my my child's future is, is jeopardized. So the misconception that we have about uh, that parents carry uh, makes it very difficult to to talk and to to be supportive. So learning about it is important and it's uh, I do agree with you Dia when it comes that why a teacher a well-educated teacher or a well-educated parents don't know such things which are very crucial for you, isn't it? To hear from them, to be guided uh, by us as parents, as teachers. So uh, it is uh, sometimes, uh, I understand, might be annoying to hear that 
your feelings, your emotions are not acknowledged and are not validated and are not considered. So it's it's all boiled together to the to the conversation opening about it. But you know, let's not wait. Uh, the, and I do encourage every child, every young kid, to not expect only parents come across and talk about it. Start the conversation. Ask your parents what is mental health. I've heard about mental illness. What does it mean? Or I've seen my neighbors talking, or being my neighbor being little different, or my my friend is quite different nowadays. How can I help? What uh, what could be my friend going through? So, opening and breaking that barrier and talking about mental health with your parents is uh, another way of um, breaking the stigma and. Uh, changing the situation about it. So um, those are important steps that need to be taken institutionally from the schools uh, in creating the forums and the space, but as well at family. uh, Families becoming part of those forums at schools that it is okay to talk about mental health. It is okay uh, to express your emotions, your thoughts. Sometimes not all the days are the same, even uh, you as kid, as young age, experience your ups and downs, but we need to talk about it. And In this way, we help you develop your coping mechanisms and strengthen resilience. Those are two very important skills in adulthood later on in life, to cope and to deal with the challenging time in a positive way. So. Talking about mental health, acknowledging feelings and emotions, helping someone, uh, children uh, take care of their mental health and as well address mental health problems at early stages is a very good way. It's the best that we as adults, as parents, as teachers can do to help our kids, to help young adults develop coping mechanism and strategies and as well strengthen the resilience and those are great foundation for a better mental health in adulthood. You did speak about the fact saying that this too shall pass. And do you think that the lack of knowledge of of children or teenagers um, makes them like not understand that they are going through something such as if a person is uh, depressed and they don't know that they're depressed, but they're having the symptoms, um, do you feel that this aggravates it because they're not getting help or they're not doing certain precaution measures because they don't know what it is or uh, they just feel that, oh, it's just the blues, it'll come and go again and things like that? Um, and kind of adding on to Dia's question, uh, sometimes when uh, you're actually depressed, uh, people will just pass it off as like, oh my God, it's just it's just hormones. Uh, you know, you're just, you're just sad. Uh, but sometimes when you're really just, you know, sad about something, uh, other groups of people will be like, oh my God, are you okay? Are you depressed? It's like these two extreme ends of the scale um, that's in our society. Uh, how do you think we can go about this? Um, you know what? It is okay to be sad. We can't be happy every day. And it is okay and it is normal reaction of ourselves towards events that maybe were not good. Yeah, Maybe we did not score what we were expecting or what we invested for a project or exam. 
It is okay to feel sad, it is okay to verbalize and ask for help when you feel that sadness is going beyond just uh, that normal reaction towards that and we are going on and taking proactive action to improve, isn't it? So it is fine with that, but we, it is not fine to tag everything under the mental illnesses. Unless you feel happy and excitement, the rest of the emotions shouldn't, uh, shouldn't be seen that you are uh, developing a mental illness at all. Uh, life goes that way. Uh, we have all our ups and downs. These are not the same. So we need to allow ourselves to express, to experience all the emotions. What we do need to understand as adults, but as well even as young children, uh, is that it is okay to learn about mental health. It is very important to learn how mental health function and what impacts our mental health. As adults, we need to understand as teachers and as parents, we need to understand whatever events happen at school or at home impact the mental health of children too. Maybe at home, uh, abusive relationship or uh, financial issues, uh, poor economy, uh, bereavement, it impacts children the same as impacts adults. Just that children's uh, children reacts in different ways, so the sign and symptoms of a mental health problem uh, expresses in a different way. And at school, uh, being treating children with respect, uh, giving them space to voice out whenever, for example, bullying or peer pressure, um, those are all negative events which affects the mental health of children. And we need to understand that it's not just a phase or they'll, they need to strengthen themselves dealing with them, themselves. No, they need help. As adults, as teachers, as we need as an institution to take our own action, appropriate action to support young children uh, with uh, their own mental development and mental well-being. Um, so I have a quick question, actually. Um, so you are the founder, slightly unrelated, but you're the founder of Mental Health First Aid India. Um, what sort of led you to wanting to create this? Oh, thank you for the question from where it started. Uh, I'm a social worker and I'm very proud about it. And uh, throughout my career, I've seen myself and my colleagues working in supporting individuals and communities to resolve their social problem but it's not that we are the one resolving we try to strengthen their capacities in order for the social problem not to be existing there again mental health i think is the right to everyone and uh, the prevalence of mental health problems in our society not only in india across the world is quite uh, quite present. The prevalence is high. The gap of treatment is quite high. People reaching out for help is very low. Stigma is very high. So I feel and I was considering that um, it is important to invest in mental health. And um, the way how I see at, at that time, I saw that education, as in everything in life, is very powerful. Uh, Everybody understanding about mental health, learning, educating themselves about mental health, learning how to support someone close to you means that we become more empathetic, we become more self-reliant in taking care of our own mental health. So that's why I thought that um, 
it's good to create something like mental health first aid program, which is an international program. It is an evidence-based one, and it is there for more than 20 years. In many countries, millions of people are trained. I thought that this is a program which is really required and really needed in our country. And uh, yes, we are seeing that, yes, people are really appreciating, really enjoying. And it's like when you hear people saying, I wish I knew all this like 10 years back, would have been different in supporting my partner or my children and so on. So, yeah, that's how it started. And um, that's where we are going on. Uh, and I'm so glad to have you along uh, in this journey that all of us, do initiate something to support, to normalize the conversation about mental health. Sort of brings me to another question I have. Um, say you've noticed your friend sort of becoming like, you know, uh, I don't want to use the word depressed, but they've slowly, they're not like interacting with anyone and they've changed. Yeah, let's showing word, few symptoms. Yeah, let's use the word symptoms. changed. You yeah, significant changes. Yes, they've significantly changed. How do you think um, you, as a friend, can sort of help? Um, I mean, obviously, you're not going to be a therapist, so you can't like sure. actually help them. But what's a way you can make them feel comfortable? Or help them identify it, or something like that. Approaching and uh, being not judgmental, being genuine in saying like, I see you are quite sad and recently you are not enjoying being around with us. So, and I'm concerned and I'd like to ask if I may help or if there is something that is bothering you and we can maybe bother, I mean both together, resolve it or help somehow it's this is that simple conversation that uh, all of us can do and that's what we teach in mental health first aid but uh, as as per for the benefit of this podcast uh, as you as you rightly say the change that is there persistent for some time and is not going away uh, is reaching out, reaching out. You don't need to be a psychiatrist. You don't need to analyze and identify that, oh, this symptom is like that, the sign is like that. What could be actually... No, that change is enough, and you just need to reach genuinely and openly uh, within your capacities, that when things look too big for you too, then okay, let's reach together to the teacher or to the principal or reach, maybe, maybe reaching to a trustful adult um, would be the next step. So that's all we need to do uh, across, isn't it? Um, you did speak about counsellors, uh, going to a school counsellor and things like that. But... Uh, in many schools in India, there are no counselors. And uh, we did speak about um, there not being enough progression when it comes to the stigma or the uh, mindset people have on mental health. Uh, what do you think people in the world and in India are lacking when it comes to certain facilities or certain action steps to take 
uh, when it comes to uh, making people uh, with mental health feel more comfortable in the society and also finding a cure for it briefly in bullet point i would say let's start from our own selves let's learn about mental health let's keep our responsibility of uh, good mental well-being and uh, if we are able to take care of our mental health understand it will be as well better empathizing with people around us will be better helping people around us and it is important especially institutional level especially among colleges schools to provide appropriate institutional support like counselors or psychotherapists it's very important especially at schools and i highlight this that counselors need to be educated appropriately for um, mental health among children uh, because it's rather different education so it's not a matter of having counselors only when children are ill or uh, exhibiting or showing uh, uh, problems and behavior counselors should be there as a support system to support their well-being and good positive development so those are things that are very important it cannot change tomorrow uh, but uh, actions like yours or projects like yours uh, mental health for state india and many many organizations and individuals working and investing on mental health definitely will be a great investment to supporting people across uh, our country uh, in changing the reality about mental health problem and mental illnesses i'm sure uh, yes people with mental illness do not feel supported as we speak today but uh, there are many of them that are uh, in the front line of advocacy and um, trying to change the conversation about it so everybody plays its own role educate yourself and support another person at the end of this podcast i actually would like as well to address a question that maybe someone may ask while listening that how do i take care of my mental health and this is universal and this is valid for everyone being adult or being a, a young um, uh, young person everyone self care let's prevent rather than uh, heal or uh, uh, recover from an illness self care is very important eating nutritious foods being hydrated exercising participating um, expressing our emotions talking about mental health learning about it are some of the steps that are very very helpful to address uh, to maintain a good mental health so it is very important to do that yoga maybe or to do that run every day walking with a friend participating in the basket basketball or volleyball club uh, or cricket club whatever clubs that you have in the schools engage with them talk with friends participate reach out be empathetic those are all things that can easily be done by all of us uh, avoid indulging into Uh, substances or risky behaviors that really can um, hurt your mental health so uh, conversation and being supportive are very important for it so i'd like to thank you for 
this podcast for giving me the space to express and share my experience and my knowledge about mental health. I again would like to appreciate hugely your initiative. I hope this podcast is useful to your project as well, to people hearing and listening to it. So until your next project, and I'm sure you are working for it, I wish you all a great, good health and take care. Absolutely. <laughs> Big hugs for you.